Welcome to the Holistic Goddess Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Gregg, Registered Holistic Nutritionist. I am so excited to deep dive into all things holistic health and wellness with you. Let's empower each other to live the optimal life that we deserve using a mind, body, and spirit approach to wellness. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Holistic Goddess Podcast. I am your host, Hannah Gregg, and I am so happy that you are here listening to my podcast. So much gratitude. Uh, Something that's been keeping me and my husband busy over the last few weeks is uh, we're trying to develop uh, some type of bee farm, (laughs) which is just like, oh, you're adding another thing to your plate. Great. But uh, my husband cut down a dead ash tree at his father's house a few months ago and discovered that there was this amazing uh, honeybee hive inside of the trunk. So um, he we salvaged the trunk and for the last four months, um, the trunk has been just hanging out and we've been able to see how many honeybees there actually are. Like we can look in this hole, we can see all of the honeycomb. It is absolutely amazing. And it's just been such a huge learning experience for for us to be like figuring all of this out. So um, before we went to California, there was uh, a warm spell and it, it wasn't that warm, but the sun was shining. It was warm enough so that the bees were actually activated and they were out and about and we could see them working and and doing their thing with the honeycomb and um, pollinating flowers and, and taking it back in. It was absolutely fascinating. So um, we went away for vacation. It was really, really warm. And then when we got back, it was freezing. So just this past weekend, we were up there and we were looking. Um, we now have a bee box. My husband painted it. My daughter wanted it to be yellow. We found a color called bee yellow and uh, it's now been painted. So we're um, we were in the process of trying to figure out like what the best approach for transferring these bees to the box was. But then it was so cold that we're like, are the bees dead? Like what is going on? So, uh, this episode is going to legitimately be all about bees because they are the most fascinating little creatures. And, um, Referencing back to a magic school bus episode that I used to watch when I was a kid, um, they have they have this amazing, amazing way that they communicate with each other, and um, I highly, highly recommend that you dive into bee science also because it's just so fascinating. Um, but what I want to specifically talk about today is the queen bee. So um, back to my story, it got cold. Um, once we got home from vacation and the bees are not very active right now. So we're like, are they dead? What's happening? Is the queen here or is she gone? Um, so I just want to talk about the honeybee caste system today and just blow your mind with some bee education. So the queen bee is the largest and longest living type of bee. 
she can survive for up to six years. The queen bee, as the only sexually developed female in the colony, lays eggs all day long. All day, every day, she just lays eggs because she's spawning the next generation of bees. She also produces specific chemicals to influence the behavior of the other types of bees. <laughs> Worker bees, who are all female, forage for food. So like that's pollen and nectar from flowers. They build and protect the hive and keep air within the hive clean by beating their wings. It's like a little air purifiers. And then worker bees are sexually undeveloped and they don't lay eggs under normal hive conditions. If you see a bee outside the hive, it is a worker bee because the other types of bees never leave the hive. Male bees are called drone bees. And they are way, way bigger than the worker bees, but smaller than the queen bee. So compared to the queen bee and the worker bees, the drone bees have a really easy life. It only ta its only real tasks are to eat and to make babies with the queen. So several hundred drove drone beans. Oh my gosh. <laughs> several hundred drone bees. Try saying that 10 times fast. Live in the hive during spring and summer. But as soon as the mate as they mate with the queen, they die. And before winter comes, they are ejected by the worker bees. So the bees like to keep a really clean hive, and as soon as a bee dies, they get rid of it. So like if someone dies during the winter, gets cold, they get rid of it. They want to keep things clean and tidy. So with the queen bee, a bee becomes a queen bee thanks to the efforts of the existing worker bees in the hive. So a young larva, which is a newly hatched baby insect, is fed special food called royal jelly by the worker bees. Royal jelly is richer than the food given to worker larvae and is necessary for the larvae to develop into a fertile queen bee. So the larva is enclosed with a cell inside the hive where it makes pupae and develops into a queen. Side note on royal jelly, all my clients that have been struggling with fertility issues, um, I have them consume royal jelly as well because it is this ultra nourishing type of honey that can improve symptoms of infertility. Side note. So finding a new queen bee is really, really important. Um, since a queen bee stays fertile for her entire life, her productivity often declines in old age as evolution and um, our bodies also do. So sometimes the queen bee goes missing from the hive. And under these circumstances, or when the queen bee dies, the worker bees need to find a new queen. So if the old queen is still alive, the worker bees may actually kill her, or they may let her live alongside the new queen bee until she dies naturally. <sighs> Isn't that so fascinating? So what were 
um, struggling to understand right now with Arby's are, I don't even like to call them Arby's, the bees that we're currently housing. Um, we're not sure where the queen is or if the queen is there anymore or if she died, um, sometime throughout the winter or what is going on. So typically, you know, you can tell the queen because she's a lot bigger than the other bees. Um, so doing the transfer of the bees from the stump to the bee box, um, my husband just like physically handled them and like put them in the box. Um, and so like was able to like take a really good look at, oh, is there a queen bee here? And he, so he doesn't think there is yet. So that was a big question that we had, like, well, how do you make a queen bee? Like, are there, are there bee princesses? Like ones that are ready to become the queen? Like, what is the status there? So I still haven't really like a hundred percent found my answer other than nourishing the specific young larvae specifically with the royal jelly to make them become the queen. So that is a big question that we have right now, but they're currently transferred into the box. And um, I'm going to talk more about bees in a minute because I think that having a good understanding of like where your honey comes from is amazing and all of the therapeutic and health benefits that come from honey. Um, I think it gives us a really good appreciation for just how hard these bees work and what their life looks like. They're just so fascinating. Ladies, do you want to learn more about your body and actually get to the root cause of your symptoms? Well, I have just the program for you. The Healthy Hormone Mastery Program is an all-encompassing program that is going to naturally heal your symptoms using food and lifestyle strategies. I have helped so many women completely reverse their pain, acne, anxiety, digestive problems, and hormone imbalances, and I would love to help you too. If this resonates, then let's jump on a free hormone breakthrough call together to see if this program would be a good fit for you. So bees play this really crucial role in the world's ecosystem. In fact, the honeybee is the world's most important single species of pollinator, ensuring people and animals have the food that they need to survive. If there were no honeybees, the world wouldn't have broccoli, berries, apples, cucumbers, all the other fruits and vegetables that we need. Bees also produce honey, yum, and wax. And despite having such important jobs, the honeybee has a fairly short lifespan. So how long a honeybee lives depends on whether it's a drone, a worker, or a queen. So a honeybee's life cycle consists of three stages, the larval stage, the pupal stage, and the adult stage. Collectively, this is known as complete metamorphosis because the form of the bee changes drastically from the larva to the adult. The larval stage is similar for worker bees and queen bees, which are both female bees that hatch from a fertile fertilized egg. Worker bees, drone bees, and queen bees are all fed royal jelly in the first few days as larvae. But after that, 
only the queen bee continues to receive the royal jelly supplemented with honey toward the end of the larval stage. Worker bee larvae are mass-fed a compound known as worker jelly or brood food. (laughs) I kid you not, brood food. While drone bees um, are male bees that hatch from unfertilized eggs are fed a modified version of the worker bees diet, including increased quantities of pollen and honey during the larval stage. So I'm fairly certain that this is because it gives them like a really good taste for that pollen. Um, so they know what their duty is as a um, drone bee. So during the pupal stage, the bees form wings, legs, internal organs, and other adult body parts using the stores of fat that they accumulated during the larval stage. Small hairs also grow on the bee's body. Typically, the total time it takes to become a fully developed adult bee is about 21 days for workers, 24 days for drones and 16 days for the queens. Queen bees develop much quicker because of their diet that's rich in nutrients from that royal jelly. So the honeybee queen is the largest of the queen or of the bees in the colony, measuring about two centimeters, about twice as long as a worker bee. Drones are slightly bigger than workers, but never as big as queens. So a bee colony, which is this just extremely organized, sophisticated society, is made up of three castes, also known as categories. A single fertile queen bee, hundreds of male drone bees, and thousands of sterile female worker bees. So a bee's caste, as well as the time of year in which it was born affects its lifespan. Summer workers have the shortest honeybee lifespan while the queen bee outlives both other castes. So adult drones have really no useful purpose within the beehive. They don't provide food, feed the young, or produce the wax. In fact, they waste the colony's resources and only serve one purpose to mate with the queen. (laughs) So drone bees first leave the hive six days after emerging from the pupil cell, flying to areas known for drone congregation and going back to the hive only when they fail to mate. Successful maters die minutes or hours after mating with the queen and The rest of the drone bees survive only as long as the worker bees allow them to. So if there is a shortage of food, the worker bees kill or kick out the drones. Drone bees are the ones that rarely survive the winter as the worker bees want to protect their limited resources. So when a drone bee is ejected from the hive, he soon dies from the cold or starvation. So the average lifespan of a drone bee is eight weeks. The first part of a worker's life is spent working within the hive. So while the last part is spent finding food and gathering pollen or nectar, worker bees also 
um, help with water gathering. They want to use it to cool the inside of the nest on hot days. And they actually use the water to dilute the honey before feeding it to the larvae. It's a worker bee who is responsible for pollination as well. So when they land on plants or flowers, they collect pollen dust all over their bodies and then use their specially adapted legs to discard the pollen, leaving it on other plants. During the summer, worker bees only live five to six weeks purely because of their heavy workload. It often gets the best of them. And this is their most active time of year when they spend their days foraging for food, storing nectar, feeding larvae, producing honey. Worker bees actually live longer in winter, five months or more, um, just because of their fat supplies increasing and their well-developed glands provide food for the larvae as well. So with the queen bee, the queen bee, again, has this very important function within the colony and has the longest lifespan by far. While the average lifespan of a queen bee is two to five years, queen bees have been known to live up to seven years, although this is rare. So about a week after a new queen emerges from her cell, she goes on several flights in order to mate with as many as 20 drones. After the queen bee returns to lay her eggs, she will rarely leave the colony. Then the queen bee lays between 1,000 and 2,000 eggs a day inside the hive. She has enough sperm stored in her sperm pouch to enable her to fertilize her eggs for the rest of her life. (gasps) Oh, they're such unique creatures. And then if the queen bee actually fertilizes the egg, then that egg will become female, a worker bee or a queen bee. However, if the queen bee does not fertilize the egg, it will become a male drone bee. So the queen's survival in the difficult winter months depends largely on how viable her colony is. A strong group of worker bees protects the queen and regulates her temperature. The worker bees keep a really close eye on her to make sure that she's up to her job. And if she doesn't lay enough eggs, the worker bees will start developing a new queen to replace the old one. A process known as supersedure. The new queen is pampered with food and affection and love, while the old queen becomes neglected and left to waste away. So in some beekeeping practices, the beekeeper replaces the queen after one or two years to keep them strong. So the lifespan of a bee can be impacted by so many different things, but often a bee dies just from natural causes. Sometimes it can be eaten by animals or killed by other bees. Worker bees can die due to overwork, um, but the biggest threat to disease or bees is disease. infection, which can actually destroy entire colonies in severe cases. Um, So there's numerous parasites out there that um, are forcing bees to leave their hives and die, and then fly larvae emerge from the dead bees. Um, This fly is like spreading and and can also impact um, the bee's wings. So it creates deformed wing viruses 
And then other threats to honeybees are pesticides, habitat loss, habitat loss, and mites. So I, I want to talk a bit more about how, how the queen bee is created because this is, is just helping me answer all my questions about princess bees and, um, how is the queen chosen? So as the only female bee who lays eggs, the queen plays this really crucial role within her hive. It's not surprising, therefore, that when that queen bee dies, the entire colony, which is like 100,000 bees, is in temporary disarray. So then the queen bee releases chemical signals that stop other female worker bees' ovaries from functioning. But then after she dies, these chemical signals wear off. How cool is that? Which means that worker bees can lay eggs and the highly efficient, tightly controlled system breaks down. So the most important job of the queen bee who lives for five years is to lay eggs. Again, she can lay 1,500 eggs a day, placing one egg in every cell if she is working productively. While the queen bee is pivotal to everything that happens inside the hive, she's not, contrary to belief, in control of the colony. In fact, the thousands of worker bees control the queen. Um, They have to they have to have power to kill a queen bee and raise a new one whenever they wish. So even though the queen's role is really, really important, the worker bees essentially control her. It's kind of sad. As a woman, I feel that sadness. But um, the most common causes of Sudden death of a queen bee are disease, predator attack, or just like a beekeeper error. So trying not to make these errors as we become beekeepers. And when a queen bee dies suddenly, the colony is upset but acts quickly to rear a new one. Usually, the workers find eggs or larvae less than three days old and house them in specially constructed, vertically hanging queen cells. And the fertilized eggs take about three days to hatch. They feed the larvae royal jelly. They pupate in the cells after about six days of rapid growth. And after eight days after that, the new queen bees emerge. Take nuptial flights, mate in the air with the drone or male bees, and try to kill the other virgin queens. The last remaining queen bee then begins to lay eggs. The process from queen loss to egg stage takes about 29 days. 29 days. So how fascinating are bees so far? (laughs) I'm blown away by all of this information that we've been learning. And... um, like, my husband was watching bee videos all weekend. There was, like, constant buzzing happening on his phone and the TV. And I was like, can we just watch something else or read? Like, he's a very, like, visual needs 
to see like someone doing the task that they're talking about and I'm like can I just read something and then take it in that way and it's way more efficient and way quicker than your method but um I'm I'm truly hoping that you're finding this as as mesmerizing as I am or maybe you knew this already um but I had no idea okay okay so last last thing I want to talk about um swarming behavior so um was talking to my husband today about this and um swarming is common after the loss of a queen bee so if there's an aging queen bee who is losing her ability to egg lay as efficiently some of the worker bees leave the colony with a new virgin queen and reproduce the colony somewhere else to prepare for swarming worker bees build large numbers of queen cells along the bottom of the comb shortly before a new queen emerges the bees stop their field work the swarm bees usually at least half the bees in the colony guzzle honey then leave the virgin queen fly a short distance and gather on a bush or a tree limb meanwhile scout bees look for a good place to create a hive and the bees fly to the new location as soon as it is determined so after the first swarm leaves the old hive new queens may lead other swarms from the hive within a few days of each other usually enough bees stay in the original hive to keep it operating although the colony may be much weaker The worst case scenario after a queen bee dies is that the worker bees do not succeed in raising a new queen. So pray for us that we still have a queen in there and our worker bees are doing their job. A queenless colony cannot survive for a sustained period. Um, The absence of a queen bee affects the behavior of worker bees, making them agitated or aggressive. Worker bees may lay eggs, but because they're not fertilized, they're all drones. And since drones do not collect any food or do any work, the number of productive bees drops until the colony disappears. So the whole colony may become stressed and vulnerable to pest, to disease. And the only way for a beekeeper to save a queenless colony is to introduce a new queen from an outside hive. Will that be us or will it not be us? That is the question. So that's my chat about bees today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And I'm obviously going to keep you updated on our bee adventure, but truly hopeful that in the coming years, we'll have this amazing, amazing bee colony set up and producing honey and and able to get these these amazing creatures and there is a huge shortage in the last few years of bees um i don't know why i don't know what the final outcome was um i know there are a lot of theories on what happened but i do not know what the the general census was but a whole bunch of honeybees died recently um in the last few years and um there's just as i said they're so important for our food 
our flowers like they're just such a critical piece of maintaining earth's food chain and we want to keep them safe and we want to protect them and promote them so hopefully um we can get this rolling and i hope this has been a fun and educational podcast for you straying away from the hormone health but um talking about something so truly important to um whole foods as we as we know them so hope you're having a great week and thank you for listening i love you Ladies, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Holistic Goddess Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to me if you left a review and rating of my podcast on whatever platform you're listening. If you have friends that would benefit from this episode, please share it. Thank you so much. I am beyond grateful.